0: Good morning, Covenant Fellowship. We are so excited you are here with us this morning. If you will make your way to your seats, have a stand up and we are gonna start our praise and worship time for our Lord this morning. bad
1: today aren't you glad there's something free Christian we can even afford grace can't we? We can afford grace can't we oh, yeah. put it on i I'll, I'll pay for it put it on my account <laughs> don't put it on my account. no praise the Lord the grace is free Grace is free so I hope everybody had a blessed week a memorial weekend We have a lot of folks out of town. I got a lot of texts folks traveling or uh at lakes and barbecuing with families so we'll just keep them in mind uh just want to take a moment and uh before we greet y'all online we're glad you're with us but our veterans also memorial day our men and women we got folks in the church that still have uh, children that are uh, serving faithfully our country and a sacrifice so uh, and there's others in here that are retired so to speak and that have served faithfully as well so if you're here today, if you have served in any of our four armed branches, if you would stand real quick and uh, just let us say thank you for those that have served, amen. There you go, brother. So uh, we're humbled and we thank you so much for your servitude. Uh, I know uh, our our boy's still in for years and Shirley's, he just got out recently. But Shirley's boy just got out recently, but uh, thank you for our men and women but if you're joining us online we're so thankful you're with us this morning richard standing by if we can be a blessing anyway you'll see in the bottom right corner a tab that says prayer click on that let us know what we can pray about i can assure you that is private that does not get posted out or shared but we do want to pray intelligently for you any questions richard can help you but let him know you're there and uh, we're so honored you're with us i'm sure that uh uh John and Renee are online as they are. Uh, John got some very good news. We've been praying the mass in his throat that caused him to lose about 30 pounds. He couldn't swallow, basically, or eat. Uh, they got the test back. It was benign. It is no cancer. Amen? So praise the Lord. Yes, excited about that. So, uh, but now he needs to go and figure out how they can get that out of the way. Uh, I told him to it there. He'll look nice in his summer, you know, bay suit out on the boat fishing, but I don't know if he's going to get his figure back or not, but we're, we rejoiced for John as far as that goes. Uh, then David Hale, of course, you know, had the neck surgery, uh, having some difficulty in his recovery. Uh, Lisa just brought me up to date. Uh, don't know yet, but he's having trouble moving his arm from the neck surgery. So don't know if a nerve was damaged or nicked or just bruised, but uh, he's still in ICU. Uh, it has to do with his arm fully recovering so keep David in prayer him and Shirley maybe today shoot them a text let them know you're praying for them that we miss them and that there's quick recovery there amen all right just a few things Uh, we want to still talk about camp it's just a few days away parents grandparents if you're here today there's a uh, I have to say a mandatory meeting please stick around and Ron got some updated forms and information you need to be aware of as camp approaches so uh, stick around, and we're just going to meet them here. and rent
0: you here right after. Okay, we'll just kind of meet in
1: long. this section over here, and she'll be brief, and then we can go on with our families, but that's information we need. We still have the envelopes in the lobby. Uh, we've done a great job. We've really got behind our students. I appreciate that. But if the Lord moves you or you haven't had an opportunity, grab one of the envelopes or just get with Rhonda or Deborah and just let them know how you can be a blessing. So, uh, but main thing, pray for our children as they get close to this camp and we're excited for them as that approaches.
0: Today is the last day to turn in any applications for camp. So if you haven't done that and you wanna go to camp uh, and you didn't bring your forms today, I can get you a form to fill out, but it needs to be filled out today because I have to give them a head
1: Okay, so uh, stop by and and see Rhonda and find out what you need to do. It's not too late, but uh, uh, we do need to move on that this afternoon. Then we, have, uh, we finished up our, our journey groups as far as men and women. I hope that was a blessing for you. Uh, I heard just tremendous feedback, very encouraged. I know the men uh, really enjoyed it, but we are gonna start and stay with our journey groups, but we are gonna come back together. Uh, we're not gonna separate. We're gonna come back together. We'll be in the fellowship hall, and we're gonna do something that we really haven't done, but we're gonna go through the book of Hebrews As they say, expository, we're going to go through verse by verse. We're going to walk through the book of Hebrews. So uh, I encourage you to do that. It's something we can all just kind of stay kept up. We can stay reading on our own and studying. But uh, you're going to find that uh, even though the book of Hebrews, I think, only has 12 or 13 chapters to it, maybe 13, uh, we could, just to start, the first chapter, we could spend a couple of years just in the first chapter if we wanted to. So we're gonna go through verse by verse. We're gonna get into it deep. And so we encourage you to be a part. We'll still have our, family ship, our fellowship dinner, excuse me, before at six. And then we'll clean up, stay in there. and Then we'll go our journey group seven to 745, amen? So good opportunity to invite somebody. I know a lot of folks like to walk through the Bible verse by verse like that. So it'd be a great opportunity for us to do that in the book of Hebrews. I can't think of a better book to do it in then we have our spring cleaning day and cleanup that will be the june the third at 9 a.m uh really encourage you to be here we need your help it's not just the cleaning we're going to do a lot of reorganization get a lot of stuff upstairs now that steven's labor allows us access to upstairs we got our lights put in upstairs so we can see what we're doing it's safe up there so uh, please mark your calendar be here and uh, we'll have a game plan for that And that'll be very uh, beneficial for us, and we can just clear out downstairs and make sure we're putting downstairs to better use and organize upstairs. So need your help that morning, so please make that on your calendar. And I think that's it. Is that it? Can't think of anything else? All right, gentlemen, if our men will come forward, and we'll pray over our service and offering this morning.
2: Dear Heavenly, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And we just thank you for all the all the many blessings, Father God, that you bestow upon our lives, Father God, uh, that we we take for granted. Uh, uh, and Father God, I just ask today that um, you just uh, you you see striving uh, in our hearts and in our minds, Father God, that we can focus on you and your Word and and uh, just. Father God, let Your will be done today, Father, and and I uh, just just thank You that uh, You bless uh, this offering today, bless this ministry, uh, and just Father God, just help us uh, to you know to to reach others out there, Father God. That uh, there's so many people out there that need us, and uh, that we're supposed to be the salt and the light of the world, Father God. So I just pray that we are that when we're out in the community, and just thank You for all that You're doing in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: cut off just about an eighth inch below his nail off at work, and I got the phone call Monday, and my first thought, and his too, which is kind of hilarious, is wonder what God's up to, because out of that, you know, there's so many spiritual applications. I was redressing it yesterday, the whole end the blind. And you think about without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sins because the life of the flesh is in the blood. And then you think about the body of Christ, and that's what I was thinking about for us. You know, sometimes that person who's supposed to be the thumb has an issue or has a problem. And when they do, um, he didn't go around just beating up his thumb with a hammer because it got caught in a machine. He didn't go around berating his thumb. As a matter of fact, he has gingerly taken care of that thumb, and it's wrapped. I mean, it, if you see it, it looks like a chicken leg. It's wrapped up really, really good, and uh, you know he keeps he keeps it out of harm's way. What if we did that to each other when we're hurting? what if we protected until that person's healed what if we took care of that person in prayer you know we can solve so much of our own problems by getting ourselves out of our own way so when we see somebody hurting or when we at odds with somebody Richard's thumb is at odds with the rest of his fingers because they gotta take up the slack so they gotta all do the work that that thing should be doing and uh That's how it's meant to be. That's why God didn't say he's going to raise us all up to be kings and queens. He said, you might be a toenail. (laughs) You might be a finger. You might be the brains. You might be whatever part. But the body working together is how he intended it to be. He made it so that we need each other so that we corporately represent him as a light to the world. So right now his son's getting babied, it's getting a little extra tender care, it's getting what it needs to heal, and that's what we should be thinking about. What do I need to heal? Am I a broken dog? What do I need to talk to God about? Who am I at odds with? What should be fixed in my life? Because you can only take the spiritual to a spiritual problem. You can take the world to a spiritual problem, and it's a mess. I tried that, it doesn't work so let's come and bring ourselves to the altar and let's just take that problem to God and let's get him to fix our thumb
1: going to be in Joshua chapter 6 this morning and uh, we'll touch on 5 and 1 briefly look at verses this uh, humility and patience are those things you reluctantly or fearful to pray about sometimes and uh, I'd happen been dealing with humility in a sense myself and just in, in some different ways so this morning i went i thought i'm gonna be a blessing. i'm just gonna hang out with the kids and talk about jesus with the kids and uh so we go in there and and you know i'm just more than a lesson i was just coming up with things see if they knew you know jesus any brothers or sisters and you know did he ever get lost or did his parents ever lose him and age of his ministry and you know just some things they may not know we just talk about jesus and so i came to the point I said, oh, here's something I just thought of. I said, what do you think Jesus looked like? Long hair, beard. I said, yeah. I said, uh, you know, probably, you know, white, fair-skinned like us, you know, being a Jew and darker skin. And I said, what's something the Bible really tells us about him? And they didn't know for sure. And I said, well, the Bible uses the word comely, I mean, you know, to draw attention to or look at. I said, Jesus wasn't good-looking. He, you know just very ordinary common not good looking at all and i said why do you think that is why don't you think jesus you think god he would just been radiant and beautiful i said why do you just think he made himself normal my nemesis cameron speaks up again and says oh well you know they don't want great answer but terrible ending. He says he wants them to just know him as God. He says, like you, you don't have to be good looking to preach. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. I said, whoa, 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 slow down, bloodhound. I said, back it up. I said, we're talking about Jesus, not about me. And I said, uh, I was like, golly, you pray about humility and out of the mouth of babes, and it was like. I had to correct him that part wasn't in the scriptures and we're talking about Jesus but he's also the same one not to belabor we do have a truth this morning some of y'all know the story we big group of us went out to eat he was sitting beside me we always sit together so we can pick on each other and the waitress comes up and you know how old are you and I think you know Cameron is eight I think or nine and uh, she goes oh I got a granddaughter that age I saw elbowing I said hey there's your wife he's like oh no no I said oh you can't have a wife anyway you're not you know you don't have a job you got to have a job to have a wife he goes you got a wife and Sam was sitting across him I said yeah I said there's my wife right there and normally Cameron's not quiet around me he's always running his mouth talking trash he just sit there he goes you don't have a job <laughs> I said I said how do I said what do you think I said I'm a preacher I have a job he goes, oh, no, you only work one day a week. That's not a job. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm going to quit hanging out with Cameron. He doesn't help lift me up and encourage me. He, uh, so, anyway, Joshua chapter 6. So, uh, that probably doesn't help get people to do Sunday school. Now, if the kids talk like that, and it's like, I don't want to go in there. So, uh, Joshua chapter 6. Last week, we talked about, we used the illustration of the chain that scared everybody to death when i dropped it those who are asleep woke up then but we talk about how we're we got to be careful we make choices you know satan doesn't come with the chain but he gives us those individual links they're real shiny and it's those individual choices we take that link and we build our own chain that you know bounds us and, and, and it's heavy uh, with that in mind this isn't a continuation but in the same way irregardless of our choices, the enemy will build walls in our life. And these walls are very oppressive and and daunting and intimidating, frustrating, scary, however you want to look at it. But, But why it's so imposing upon us? Because these walls are made of bricks, obviously. And these bricks are added one at a time by the enemy. And therefore you know it, it becomes this menacing presence in front of us. We can't go around, doesn't seem we go under, we can't go over. And why these walls have such an effect on us, because every one of these bricks in the wall are labeled by name. And we're very familiar or too familiar with some of these bricks. Because some of these bricks may have the title on it like doubt, fear negative thinking, generational curses, uh, unforgiveness, oppression, depression, addiction, anxiety, you see the picture. We've been places and maybe for fundraisers or commemorative purpose, you know, sometimes you'll see, uh, you know, bricks laid in the cement or a wall and it's engraved in there, you know, donated by or it has a date on it. So we're familiar with seeing bricks being labeled But when it comes to our spiritual battle these walls that are imposed in front of us again become very daunting and and it's so difficult because we recognize and we relate and we feel for a lot of those bricks because they're in our lives even though these walls appear and they get bigger and bigger as we struggle with these spiritual battles i want to encourage us this morning we're going to look at the life of Joshua, or really Joshua and his leadership over the Israelites. And we can see three simple, straightforward, I mean, they're so simple. But we've got three truths that we can see that God gives Joshua at such a time that we should be able to walk away this morning with great encouragement, no matter what walls we're facing, that we can get through them and get past them. Amen? All right. Let's pray, then we'll read our key verse, and we'll get into these and get out of here. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name. Father, we pray for those that aren't here this morning. But uh, I just ask, Holy Spirit, do you prepare our hearts for your truth and that you anoint every word that's spoken from your pulpit. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. If you would, stand with me. And we're just going to read one verse. And for time's sake, we're not going to get into the all of chapter 6. We're all very familiar with the story. But I just want to point this one verse out, and we'll use it as a foundational verse. So if you would, read aloud with me. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty man of valor. Amen. I just chose this one verse only in the sense that we got this promise in that word, see. God's telling Joshua, and said, look, see, I have given you Jericho. Now, if you go back all the way through the book of Joshua, of course, Joshua's taken over from Moses. And, you know, they'd been in Kadesh Barnea, and they'd already gone through the 40 years of wandering the wilderness because of their disobedience to God. And so now Joshua has this fresh start, so to speak. All the warriors that had to die off in the wandering. So at least Joshua, matter of fact, you go back, I think it's in... uh, uh, in chapter four, maybe in, in five, that matter of fact, God told Joshua to recircumcise, to 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 cut away that foreskin on the heart of of what was old, because God says, "Hey, I'm doing a new work in my children. I'm going to do a new work through you." So Joshua had this refreshed opportunity, so to speak, but yet there's still too much of their past that's lingering, these things that built walls for them, and so now they get to Jericho. And while they may not have had certain bricks in the wall, they definitely had the bricks of doubt as they looked at the walls of Jericho. Just historically, if you look at Jericho, these walls were menacing. They were huge, massive walls. And here are these little Israelites with no means, so to speak, other than God, which is all they needed, but they're like, oh, wait a second. You promised that every place our foot trodden, it would be ours, and now the first place we come to is a place that we're hopeless against and so this is where we find Joshua but the first thing I want to look at three truths the first truth is God gave Joshua and the Israelites simple instructions and I emphasize simple instructions matter of fact they're so simple that they're illogical they really are for time's sake, you know, we can go back and read chapter 6. You, you're familiar with the story. For six days, God says, this is what I'm going to do. I've given you Jericho. This is how I'm going to give it to you. Joshua said, well, I need, I need something. i got to go back and tell my army, my people, I've I got to have a plan, God. God said, don't worry. i got a plan for you. He got you covered. Joshua said, all right, I'm ready to go. Give it to me. He says, for six days, you're going to march around Jericho one time. Okay, all right, so one time. Then what? You're going to bring down fire and brimstone and hell and destroy it? No. You're going to go back to your camp, and you're done for the day. More so, you're not even going to say anything while you're marching around the walls. Now, you got to think at that point. Don't make the Bible more difficult than it is. Joshua is a great leader. I think I can take, I think we all could, could take a fair amount of, of, of leniency here and, and think that Joshua had to take his pencil at that point and scratch his head. I go, what? I, God, give me something here. I got to go back and I got to rally them, muster up the troops. We're about to go into battle. I need something more than to tell them we're going to march around one time a day for six days and just go back and chill by the camp and just hang out. God says, "Well, okay, but on the seventh day, you're gonna walk around seven times." I was like, "Well, by that time we've walked around six. If they're not, this is making no sense." So no matter how simple the instructions are, it was craziness to Joshua. You know, in his mind, he was a warrior. Joshua was a great leader. He's like he had to have been thinking to some degree. I tell you what, won't we just go back and build battering rams and we'll take the walls down that way? At least I could sell my troops on that. At least that's something people could get behind. You know, we're going to battle. We're going to roll up our shirt sleeves. We're going to be warriors. We're going to take charge. We're going to eliminate this problem by our might and by our strength and by our way. God said, Well, that's not that's not in the Bible, but you can see this conversation. I say, oh, that's, that's a, one way, if that's the way you want to do it. But I'm telling you the way I'm going to give Jericho to you. But is that not indicative of life? This is not difficult, guys. When it says, thus saith the Lord, and whatever proceeds next, you do not have to go to seminary school and spend hours upon hours in dissertations to come up and define the following words after thou shalt not. Matter of fact, it is said that the Bible is written on the eighth or ninth grade level in comprehension. And so the word of God is simple. The problem is it's illogical to our minds and it's too straightforward for us to follow. Because we have our preconceived notions of what we want to do, how we want to do it, and what we think makes sense for us. Joshua was saying, "I don't have time just to sit around and fast and pray and be faith, and be patient and, and just to sit blindly in faith." But this is what God was asking Joshua and the Israelites to do. Joshua, I don't have time to wait for miracles. We got to manufacture some miracles. Who's ever spent some time trying to manufacture their own miracle? Well, if you're like me, you probably came to the same conclusion. We are not in the manufacturing of miracle business. There's only one person that can manufacture a miracle, and that's our Father. And if we'd spend a better time of following the instructions and praying and fasting to the one that does manufacture miracles, we would, without a doubt, see more miracles in our life. I know I, you, we see it on social media, you see people go to third world countries, very impoverished countries, and, and you hear about the miracles. The lame walk, the, the blind get to see, demons cast out, and we think, like, ah, oh, yeah, I wonder what type of religion they are, you know, they may be, you know, Pentecostal, assembly God, all these miracles. Before we get too quick of denouncing the miracles taking place, understand that third world nation, they have nothing but the simple instructions of God's word and they follow it. Don't be surprised why you see miracles manufactured in third world countries because they don't live by logic. They don't live by their mind. They don't live by their wisdom, intelligence. They live by those that are over saying this is what God says and they're so desperate and they have nothing but the word of God, and they simply respond to it, and God says, whew, I can work miracles with this attitude. This is what Joshua is experiencing in the Israelites. Look at verse 10 of chapter 6. It should be on the screen there. And Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout. Don't make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceedeth out of your mouth. This is part of the instructions. I know that might be a little difficult there, so, so uh, let me break this down for you, and we're going to break it down to the simplest form of the Greek, and we can paraphrase verse 10, shut up. That's how simple God's Word is. Well, that offends me pastor just told me to shut up well god just told us told joshua to shut up didn't he not oh he patting him on the back a little bit you know encouraged him to be quiet but basically what god's saying is just march and shut up but here's the good thing for this when we just stay obedient and keep our mouth shut from what we want god to do or what we think god needs to do or complaining to god for what he's not doing When we're told to shut up, that'd be a good time to start praying and fasting during that time. But sometimes we don't pray to God's word and we don't fast because we're too busy running in our mouth what we think God needs to do or what we want God to do because this is the miracle we're looking for. God says, No, Todd, I I got your Jericho taken care of, Todd. I will deliver your Jericho. But this is how we're going to do it here are the instructions and i promise you whatever the holy spirit leads you to next is going to be in this book find it pray over it fast over it keep your mouth shut and just be faithful in it and jericho's coming the walls coming down that you're struggling with is coming forward psalm 69 10 says when i wept and chasing my soul with fasting well, if there's an individual that understood prayer and fasting, it was David. And you're talking about an individual that had to overcome some walls in his life? David had many he had to overcome in fear. Look what it says in Matthew 17, 21. How be it this kind goeth out not but by prayer and fasting? Now in context, this is when the the, the demon-possessed child was brought to the disciples, and the disciples tried to cast out the demon. They couldn't cast the demon out. So they bring him to Jesus. Jesus, the manufacturer of miracles, cast out the demon. And the disciples were at the point in their ministry, they, they were starting to think they were all that in a bag of chips to a certain degree because they are like, well, oh, why couldn't we do it? He said, this can only be done with prayer and fasting see there's times there's walls in our life that there is nothing we can do there's no matter doesn't matter how much we labor what we try to do what money we throw at it doesn't matter we're not getting around that wall under it over it, or through it but only by prayer and fasting will god deliver us past that wall so number one Follow simple instructions. That's all God asks. Two, get your eyes off the wall and get your heart back to worship. Look at Joshua five fifteen. I love this. In lieu of Memorial Day, I put it this morning on, my, uh, on the Facebook. You may have read it. You know, God bless our men and women that serve, but we have a captain. That captain is Jesus Christ, because this is who Joshua is dealing with here in Joshua chapter 5. Christ comes before him, but we have a captain of the host of army. That means the army of heavens at the disposal of Jesus Christ. And the captain of the Lord of hosts said to Joshua, Lose thy shoe from thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Joshua's battle didn't start changing until he was able to get his eyes off the wall and get his eyes and his heart back to worship and on heaven. Look what it says in verse 14, preceding it. And he said, Nay, but as a captain of the host of the Lord, and I now come, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did what? Worship. Worship. Laid himself out before the Lord. It's hard to look at a wall when you're prostrate before the Lord worshiping, is it not? See, this is what chapter 5 illustrates. The Israelites had just gone through their wilderness. They had wandered in their sin against God. Now they've crossed the Jordan River, again by God's miracle, onto dry land. Look at Joshua chapter 5, verse 6. For the Israelites of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they, what, obeyed not the voice of the Lord. Were those instructions any harder leaving Egypt? No. <laughs> the journey from Egypt to the promised land, they say, could, it could have been a, a three to four day journey. No, they weren't no longer past the Red Sea and, and on their journey that they, they start whining and complaining and just soon they just soon go back to Egypt and die there. Point is how many weeks, months and years have we caused ourselves to wander in our own wilderness because we can't follow simple instructions? God, when are you going to do something? When are you going to deliver a prayer? Come on, I've been praying and you know, maybe I haven't fasted. Maybe I had fasted, but sometimes we can pray and fast still towards our desired miracle. We don't surrender. We don't relent to God's will. We don't just follow the instructions and we labor in the Lord to the point that we get frustrated with God and, and start diminishing our fellowship because of doubt. God says, well, that's up to you. Depends on how long you want to wander. When you let go and put it in my hand, let me do the manufacturing of miracles, then you'll see things get done. We have access to the captain of armies. He that rules the heavens. And yet we enlist ourselves to do our own fighting. Look at Exodus 14, 14. The Lord shall fight for you. And Christians are good about reading parts of the verse they like. The Lord shall fight for you. Oh, glory to God. Well, God's not going to start fighting until you sit down and shut up. Then He'll start fighting for you. He's not going to fight you and your enemy. He'll fight for you, but you literally got to let him do the fighting. We have to hold our peace. Look at Psalms 121.1. We're going to get into some deep Greek here again. I will lift up my eyes up to the hills from which cometh my help. Again, back to Exodus 14.14. Shut up. Shut up and dwell in my peace, dwell in my presence, and I'll manufacture all the miracles you need. So I'm telling this this morning, we've already gone through two simple truths, we're only 15 minutes into this, and we just got one truth left. And yet all three of these promises will tear down every wall we have in our life. You know, you go back to Genesis uh, 20, uh, Genesis 22, I think it's around verse 4 or 5. It's where we see the first time the word worship is used. It deals with Abraham and Isaac going to sacrifice his son. He says, me and the lad are going to worship. Point being to that, when we use the word worship, we've got to understand when that requires scriptural worship. I'm not talking about just coming to church and singing our favorite songs. That's not scriptural worship scriptural worship deals with obedience abraham did as the lord called him to do servitude he left the land of ur chaldez and followed the father's will to do the father's will to birth a new nation he served the father's will so it's obedience servitude and here's a big part of worship sacrifice to the point that he was willing to sacrifice his own son to the Father's will. How would you like to have those instructions? Lord, I need a wall toward down. I need some instructions. What do you got? All right, take your firstborn son and kill him. Whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second. That's pretty straightforward. Didn't he say go and sacrifice your son? Pretty straightforward. Abraham just went. He went and was going to follow the instructions. Again, when we're busy worshiping, when we're living in obedience, faith, putting our faith to action, when we're living in obedience, servitude to the Father's will, and sacrificial from our will to the Father's, then we don't have to worry about the walls. And when you're doing the Father's will, you're not going to be distracted by the walls because your eyes are going to be on the Father in true spiritual worship. Number three, and we're done. Rest in His presence and promises. He gives us the simple instructions. This is the part we shut up and just rest in His promises. Back to Joshua 5.15. And Joshua, what? Did so. I mean, back to that situation. How would you like to be leading God's children, leading this army of, of not many resources of men, and you're left with just walking around the walls, marching? And you're trying to build leadership. You're trying to encourage people. You're trying to tell them to hold on. God says this is ours. He's going to give it to us. You would almost think there had to be some mummerings when they got back to camp at night. What has Joshua gotten us into? Are we sure he's even hearing from God? I mean, my goodness, to be honest, we see God split the the Red Sea we saw her shoes grow on her feet we saw manna fall from heaven we saw the rock move across the desert with water let's go do some miracles and now he tells us to walk and shut up doesn't seem like a line of miracles proceeding or advancing here does it it doesn't make spent sense to us it's illogical but that's a problem we live with logic and not in worship get down to this the father started Joshua's whole journey his whole journey with encouragement look at Joshua chapter 1 three quick verses be strong and of good what courage for unto this people shalt thou divine for an inheritance a land which I swear unto their fathers to give to them is that not a promise of God Is that not a simple contract? Do you need to send that to attorneys and have them break that down and hire an attorney for that? No. Look at verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right or to the left that thou mayest what? Prosper wheresoever thou goest. Walls hinder our prosperity, do they not? Jericho was a prosperity for the Israelites, very vital city, huge fortress, anybody would want to have it, endless resources and benefits by way of Jericho, and yet the biggest walls they've ever seen stood between them and that prosperity. Did it hinder God delivering that prosperity? No. Look at verse 9. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. So right here, right at the start of Joshua, God says, I will give you a promise, a new land. Don't have to go back to Egypt. Don't have to die in the desert. No, I promised you. A new land in verse 6 he says I'll give you prosperity in verse 7 that's not prosperity preaching that's not give and God will double your money no it says you will prosper spiritually you'll prosper in ways that your money can't buy you you'll prosper in ways that even if I did double your money you can't afford the prosperity I have for you Because it comes not by your labor, by your money, by your wisdom. It's prosperity that only I can give. But it's still a promise. In verse 9, I won't forsake you. We have the promise of his protection and his presence. So when we're facing the walls of our life, we need a promise we need a promise that there is a new land there is a a new opportunity on the other side of that wall and god's going to get us there but we take our eyes off jesus and we quit worshiping in our faith walk we quit being obedient and and sacrificial and servitude and we start focusing on the wall and seeing the bricks of fear doubt anxiety all these things no keep our eyes on jesus Keep on worshiping. The promise is coming. Well, how do you know? Because he gave it to us. It's ours to have if we follow the instructions. It's all it takes. It's not a coincidence. The Father said, if, you, if we do it, we'll be, if we'll be strong, we'll be courageous will be prosperous. I don't know if I believe God. I don't know if that works. I never see that work in my life. I don't know. I come to church. I do what Brad and Todd say. I go to Sunday school. I I serve in nursery. I I, I still got these walls in my life. As we start looking at our walls with a watch. Come on, God. Just like we've got to get our eyes off the walls, we've got to get our eyes off our watch and stay in worship. The walls will come down when God wants the walls to come down in His perfect timing for your need. Maybe what you truly need on the other side of that wall is not ready yet. You ever thought about that? And we go want to go, go crashing and tearing down and running through walls to only get there and go, oops, that didn't work out. Or we get lured because it's a little greener on the other side of the wall. It looks so much better over there. You want somebody else's life, somebody else's situation, somebody else's blessing, because you think it'll be good in your life. Be careful. Sometimes the grass is just greener because it's on a septic thing. Close with this. Here's the question we got to answer this morning. We got the promises. Same thing that God gave Joshua and the Israelites are the same promises we have today. He'll tear down every wall in our life that hinders us from living in worship. But the question is this, Has the gospel touched your heart or has it just met your need? Hear what I said? Has the gospel transformed your life or has the gospel just met your need and got your butt out of hell? A lot of Christians that just live, I just want my get out of hell free card, God. Check you later. I'll do my own worshiping, my own living, my own battles. I'll tear down my own walls. But see, when the gospel starts transforming our lives, our hearts, and we know it does that because when you see a life living in worship, you know the gospel transformed their life. See, the gospel can save you, but it may not transform you. That's up to us. Do we want to let? Have we let? Is the gospel transforming our lives or is it just met a need we needed one time? Closing statement here. Psalms 145, fairly long verse. The whole chapter of Psalms 145 is about thriving, not just surviving. I encourage you to go read Psalms 145. It's a promise of God. Psalms 28.7 should be there on the screen for us, you can read it. We're called to victory, not to be victims. Nowhere in the scriptures has God called us to be a victim. But so many times our decisions put us in the victim's row because we're not worshiping, we're worrying. We're worried about walls. We're called according to Psalms 118.6 to be fearsome and not fearful powerful chapter there and then as we've been saying in this message psalms 30 verse 5 we got to worship and quit worrying about the walls in our life i know they're there i know they're real i know they're imposing scary doubtful fearful circumstances changing life abruptly that you never saw coming blindside you It's like you go to sleep or sometimes in the blink of an eye, your eyes blink and you look and there's a wall there that's never been in your life before. It does not negate the promises that God has for you. Stay obedient to His Word. Follow the simple instructions. Get your eyes off the wall. Get it into worship. And God will tear down all the walls we have. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. father we thank you for this morning and uh, again we thank you for our men and women that have fought for this country and uh, and rightfully so we honor them and lift them up and pray for them but as we saw in joshua chapter 5 here you're the captain lord of all the armies you control it all the power of heavens at your disposal and yet we try to fight our own battles too much. He told us in Exodus 14, 14, you will fight for us. But we got to just surrender it to you and dwell in your peace. Lord, walking around our walls six, seven times with our mouth shut doesn't make much sense to us. Everything in this world goes against that logic. But Father, if we could just learn to follow your simple instructions. Stay in worship. And rest in your presence and your promises. Walls won't be as intruding in our lives as they are. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the courage of Joshua to be an example, to see your promises fulfilled. As the music plays, as the Lord leads you, Altars open. coming.
4: Have you ever wondered why both the Apostle Paul and Peter told the brethren to greet each other with a holy kiss? Because kiss is an acronym. Keep it simple, stupid. Basically what God's telling us, keep this thing called Christianity simple. Greet each other with a kiss. Remind yourself, would you? Just follow the instructions. Don't make it difficult. And it works out. All those bricks and those walls come tumbling down. Great message, Brother Todd. Father, thank you for your great truth. Thank you for how it was presented. Lord, may we always just the instructions simply, keeping it simple. And Lord, watch you do the miracles of removing those bricks of doubt and anxiety and all the rest of those things that hinder our life. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.